0: Oh, lots and lots of spoilers.
1: Hello. Our name's Max Mike Movies, and we're going to sing you a little number from our album, Semi-Real People. This here's one that mud- muddy Mississippi Mike over yonder came up with when he was wallerin' in the crick with the crawdads while his daddy was uh, working the coal Ma- farms of South Cotton Newford, Tennessee. Max back in the
0: Max But none what? of that none of that is correct.
1: Look, I just wanted to pretend I was a big rockabilly country star. You know, like the fellow this movie's about, Johnny Cash, okay? That's Why fine. must you poop all over my dreams? <laughs> because that's <Why>? my job. <laughs> behold my dreams see how pooped upon they are uh, I'm the great okay, pooper for, for real this week's biopic is Walk the Line the story of Johnny Cash and how he met the love of his life June Carter played lots of music did fistfuls of country fried drugs <laughs> appeared on episodes of Columbo and Quincy oh. and achieved the greatest honor any musician can singing a duet with Miss Piggy on the Muppet Show <laughs> He truly lived the dream. Mm. Oh, yeah, and his album, Folsom Prison Blues, kind of outsold the Beatles at the time, too. So he had, he had that going for him. Sure. I'm your host, Max Jerry Lee Levine, <laughs> and over there is Mike lemon Lyman loose
0: <laughs> Could have been worse. I could have been could blind have... Lemon-Limon-Lose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, and well, welcome. Uh, first off, I would like to uh, bring up our last week's poll question. Ooh. Yes, where we asked people, was there a movie that the first time you saw it, you didn't like it, but it grew on you over time? We did get a couple of results. Uh, what were, were those results there, Mike? Me? You have yeah. them. I don't have them. That's true. I got them here. Phew! Uh, <laughs> don't was do that! <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just like seeing that vein in your temple stick out. It's the only one I have. <laughs> yeah. So what were our answers, Max? Well, our answers, one was from, of course... One of our loyal listeners, Val. Ooh. And uh, she pointed out that uh, one of her a movie she wasn't crazy about when she started it with it was uh Robin Hood Men in Tights. But I, it grew on her.
0: I, I, I understand the first part of her feelings. I don't understand <laughs> the second, but
1: Yeah. Well no, she said she was like a home. But being both having the stomach flu and being pregnant, which I thought was the same thing, but I don't really understand where babies come from. And uh, oh boy. She, then she really liked it. We also had a response from our buddy Vince.
0: Our international listener.
1: Our international mm. listener, Vince, who pointed out that uh, what his, the movie that fell into the category for him was Apocalypse Now.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, he really he just couldn't relate to it at all until, and this is the part that gets me, a, a, a person he knew convinced him on a bet to watch it after he got him to watch Cocteau's Beauty and the Beast. And the person who got him to watch Apocalypse Now again was David Mamet, the Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright. Wow. And I guess if he tells you to watch a movie, you watch the damn movie.
0: Maybe at the time he was David Mamet Burger Flipper. Who knows?
1: <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I, I don't not. think so. <laughs>
0: Probably not. Well, that's a cool story.
1: Yeah. So uh, for next week, our poll question
0: well, well, like, is... Well, oh, wait, before we yep, go yep, on back, how about you, yes. Max? Is there been oh, a movie that you have watched it? first and said, I don't like likey, no, me like likey, no, no, no. And then later it's like, me likey?
1: Uh, none that I felt that st- my opinion really changed that strongly. There is some like Emma, the Gwyneth Paltrow one, which the first time I saw it, I it was one of those movies I kind of wanted to hit in the face with a shovel. <laughs> It's just, just so darn precious. You're so violent. But I have to say, I watched it a couple other times because it would show up on cable all the time. <laughs> and uh, I, I got to like it. I mean, there are some nice performances. Even Miss Goop herself does a nice job. Oh, dear. Yeah. What about you? Uh, that there's two you?
0: That, that leap to mind, one of which is, it might be a surprise for anybody who knows me at all. Uh, the Fifth Element. And I think what happened was people were were building it up to be this thing. And I went and saw it. And, of course, I don't like Bruce Willis in general either, um, which didn't help. And he does happen to star in that film. (laughs) Um, And I just saw it and was like, eh, I guess. okay, whatever. And then, like your experience, it showed up over and over again, and the more I liked it, the more I loved it. I really liked Fifth Element. It's a hell of a fun movie. I don't know what my problem mm. was the first time. Maybe, again, just it was reaction to people going, It's so great! You have to say you love it! You love it! Um, but
1: people don't usually do that. A lot that. of people were doing that,
0: were they? Lots. You'd, you, I can't even count them. Uh, the other one, though, was Moana. Um, when I first saw oh. Moana, I was like, eh disney the storytelling it's okay why are we going down to this crab what i this is does not fit in the rest of the movie it still doesn't really fit for the rest of the movie at all although the song is a lot of fun and then later i just really liked the fact that disney dove into this culture and just like yeah this we're just doing this and i liked a lot of the songs um and so i was like yeah i got over it after the fifth or sixth time
1: so (laughs) now we have things Hmm. to ask people next week don't we yes it's a pretty straightforward one. Is there any film of the recent past or the distance past that you would really like to see remade? Ooh, remade. Remade. So because either they not, got it not wrong the se- first
0: time, but or you just would like to see an, an updated version or
1: Yeah, either way, not a sequel, but an actually but a full-on remake.
0: Like State Fair, they've only done that four times, or A Star Is Born. What's that was at five,
1: <laughs> at least, at least, and of course, really, you can never get past that great remake of Casablanca, Barb Wire,
0: <laughs> or how about that shot-for-shot remake of Psycho? Because
1: <laughs> that was oh. necessary. Oh God, yeah, that one with with, of course, because when, when you think, oh, I need someone creepy and subtle like Tony Perkins, let's get Vince Vaughn. <laughs>
0: I mean it could have been Tom Hanks right because he's
1: super creepy uh, no <laughs> no he's not actually But no Tom Hanks would be the problem is like oh what a lovable psychopath
0: so next week uh, during this this uh, this coming week by all means uh, respond we'll tell you how to do that later on about yep. is there a movie you would like to see remade and if possible why would you like to see it remade
1: but um, we watched something else for this week didn't we yes we did walk the line Ooh. and now trivia about it the show. So uh, the budget for this movie was $28 million. Oh. Worldwide gross, $186 million.
0: Oh, that's sad.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's why we've seen Walk the Line 2, Walk the Line 3. Yeah. You know they tried. Uh, <laughs> this also, it was a big hit with critics. Uh, it was Reese Witherspoon won Best Actress for this, the Oscar, in uh, 2006. There were four other nominations for the film. Best Actor for Joaquin Phoenix, Best Editing, Best Costume Design, and Best Sound Mixing.
0: Best Costume this is, Design?
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Okay. And they they uh,
1: like June's dresses. Uh, There's Normally, I, I shy away from these sort of, oh, you know, this guy did this and the same thing and was going to be this. Uh, because I find those irritating. But this, I thought, was kind of an interesting, if rather poignant part In 2005, Joaquin Phoenix was up against Heath Ledger for Best Actor for Brokeback Mountain. Uh. Neither of them won that year. Both of those actors went on to play the Joker. Both of those actors won Oscars for playing that same character. Sort of. Sort of the same character.
0: Yeah. 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 We won't talk about the Joker movie.
1: Oh, no. We've done that before. Uh, it took four years for the producers to secure the rights from, to the story from James Keach, who was, was a friend of Johnny Cash and the family. Even after Keech agreed, it took another four years to get the film made. Wow. Keach, by the way, is in the movie. He plays the warden of Folsom Prison. Ah. Yes. Johnny Cash himself approved Joaquin Phoenix to play him in the film because he liked his performance in Gladiator. Apparently, Johnny Cash likes movies about gladiators.
0: <laughs> Has he ever been to a Turkish prison? <laughs>
1: <laughs> June Carter Cash also approved Reese Witherspoon. Weird. What, Joaquin y- Phoenix, hmm? what year was this
0: movie, do you know? 2005. Oh, oh okay. And, uh, Cash, they just, Cash they just died, died in the, 2003.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wa- Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon performed all of the songs themselves without any dubbing. They also learned to play their instruments, the guitar and the auto harp from scratch they did not know how to play those when they started this movie I mean admittedly
0: the auto harp is probably the easier of the two to learn to play
1: I have no idea
0: well you push a button it makes the (laughs) chord
1: that's the point that's uh, the the auto part the two of them also were so nervous about having to sing that it caused real tension in their relationship off screen they both admitted in interviews they didn't get along and were constantly arguing during the six months of singing lessons prior to filming It wasn't until filming started that they connected, and they really became close. Uh, According to the uh, co-writer and director, James Mangold, the two of them developed an almost codependent relationship during the film. According to him, after the filming wrapped, Phoenix admitted to him that he and Witherspoon had relied on each other so much that they had made a secret pact that if one of them dropped out of the movie, the other one would leave.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's you know, there's life for you, right? Because that's yep. not entirely
1: unlike the plot. This film, by the way, was screened for the inmates of Folsom Prison 38 years after Cash's landmark performance. Huh. Uh, the scene where Johnny Cash rips a sink off the wall was not scripted. Joaquin Phoenix literally ripped a sink off the wall. It's kind of a problem as they had to shut down the rest of the scene. Huh. That was a real sink. Hmm. At least he didn't throw it at anybody. <laughs> June Carter Cash died before the production even began. You know, uh, Johnny Cash died just as it had begun. Reese Witherspoon's research included going through Carter's closet for inspiration.
0: That's not creepy. There's,
1: now, when we talk about how accurate or inaccurate this movie is, the, the people who knew him, especially his Cash's children, had some pretty disparate uh, feelings about the movie. Kathy Cash Johnny's second-oldest daughter with his first wife, Vivian, walked out of a family screening of the film five times. They kept pulling her back in. She felt Phoenix and Witherspoon's performances were Oscar-worthy, but her mother, Vivian, who's played by Judy Hopp, sorry, Jennifer Godwin. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I've, Ms. Godwin is a terrific actor, but every time I see her, I think of, of the rabbit. Um, she felt that Vivian was cast in an unfair light. Also, she didn't think there was enough scenes of Johnny interacting with his children, which he did quite a lot. He was with them a lot. I was going to say, or any. (laughs) And the film portrayed her father too harshly. Uh, When her half-brother, John Carter Cash, who was an executive producer of the film, was asked about her reaction, he responded that the movie was intended to tell a love story between his mother and father. That's why it sort of skimped on the other stuff. Uh, His daughter, Roseanne Cash, described the movie as having a root canal without anesthetic. Ah. Despite what they show in the movie, sort of implying that Johnny Cash had a drug problem for a while and then stopped, he had a drug problem through his entire adult life. Oh. There would be a few years here and there in between what he would be clean, but he always relapsed. Oh. It was pretty sad. Mm. Uh, for the Folsom prison sequenced, Joaquin Phoenix, and this you begin to see why people don't like working with him, Insisted that the crew members playing the wardens and the prisoners, uh, sorry, playing the wardens wouldn't let the extras playing the inmates eat, drink, or use the toilet. This helped create a rather tense atmosphere on set. I, huh? Yeah. He okay. Yeah, he said he didn't want, yep. You know, like real prisoners. <laughs> now, this film, by the way, it owes its genesis to a true media pioneer a 1993 episode of Dr. Quinn Medicine.
0: <laughs> yep. And and how is that?
1: Johnny Cash was guest starring on the show as he did on many 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 TV shows and he became friends with Jane Seymour who was the star and her her husband the director James Keach. Oh. And Cash suggested to Keach he should try a film of the singer's life and Keach liked the idea. So they, uh, both Keech and Jane Seymour started compiling interviews with Cash in preparation for the script. By 1997, Gil Dennis had enough material to put a screenplay together, but the project stalled. That's when Keach reached out to James Mangold, knowing the director wanted to uh, make the movie, too. Hmm. Uh, as we see in the movie, Johnny Cash likes to wear black a lot. Yes. He's in fact called The Man in Black. He has a song called The Man in Black where he sings about why it's very dramatic used to call him the Undertaker. Oh, and uh, he said honestly, he said he wore the black clothes because they were easier to keep looking clean on long tours. <laughs> that was it. There's more. There's plenty more stuff, but uh, I think that that's good for now.
0: Well, perhaps uh, now that we're done with trivia, you might regale us with a wonderful spinning your own yarn version of the plot.
1: From his days as a sharecropper's son in Depression-era Kingsland, Arkansas, to his becoming one of the most successful music icons of his era, Walk the Line follows the story of the rise and fall and rise and fall and rise of Johnny Cash. We see the tragic loss of his older brother Jack skim over his time in the Air Force (laughs) and watch his rise to stardom touring with the likes of Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis, Roy Orbison, and the King himself. Elvis Presley. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Flawless impression. <laughs> that <laughs> was the word impor- I was going to use. <laughs> Most importantly, we see him touring with June Carter, the woman who would become the love of his life, who stayed with him to the very highs, literally, and the very lows. <laughs> this is a story about the man in black. The low down. Yeah. Well,
0: so we'll start off with the usual question. Had you seen this before? I'm betting you had. No. No, no I,
1: ne- I never did. Really? It was an Oscar I contender. Never... You usually go for all of those. I know. I did Whatever it was in 2006, I just missed it.
0: Huh. So this is your first viewing as well. Same with me. Yep, yep. Um, I'm, are, are you much of a Cash fan?
1: I was. I, I still am to a degree. My father really liked Johnny Cash, and he used to play me a bunch of his music. And I liked just... What always struck me was the wide range of his music. I mean, he did everything. He did country, western, rockabilly, rock and roll, folk, everything. And he has, in addition to his very moving and touching songs, he has some really funny ones. I always liked A Boy Named Sue. And this <laughs> yeah. song, I Built It One Piece at a Time, about a guy who is building a car out of the pieces he steals one at a time from his auto, the auto plant he works at.
0: See, they didn't even mention auto plants in the movie. No. Oh. Yeah, the, they, uh, they, they. You, you mentioned in your in your recap that they uh gloss over some things. They gloss over a lot.
1: Yeah, we jump. It's a little unnerving because at one point he's like, I don't know, eight years old. Then he's twelve years old. Then well, he's in the air force. Is then he? he's married.
0: I well, and that's the thing is like, there's literally this is one scene. um where he's lying in bed having just dealt with the death of his brother Jack, which is one of the most telegraphed scenes I've ever been a a, 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 yeah, a, a witness have, to. But
1: I have that in my nose, like, oh, that with thing with the table saw is not going to end well. And yeah. it doesn't.
0: No. And it's like, y'all go ahead. I'll, I'll just be here with the radio cut your arm off saw. Uh, I actually thought it was just yes. going to be an arm. I didn't think it was going to kick back and basically send a two by four through him, um, which is apparently more or less what it did. Uh, and, uh, but like he lays down in bed and he's crying and he rolls over and he's Joaquin Phoenix. It's like, yeah. wow. Uh, and there's no guessing how old he is. Because, and that's one of the issues I have with the film, is he does not age. In fact, nobody ages in this film. He not looks much. like Joaquin Phoenix playing Johnny Cass at the beginning of the film, and he looks exactly the same at the end of the film, and it's supposedly 1968, which is 30 at years that, later.
1: Yeah, at that 20, point, I mean, he was born in, I later. think, what? For, uh...
0: Well, he I know that, well, he goes into the Air Force in, I think, 44?
1: Yeah. So this yes. would be
0: 24 years later, and he looks exactly the same.
1: No, no, it must have been later than 44. No, because no, no, it's, oh, it's no the that's like, it must have been
0: 50, because it was Korea. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, think it was
1: 50, I think it was 54 he went in. Uh,
0: regardless, nobody ages. None of the band members age. Mm. No, June Carter doesn't age. Eh, nobody ages, that, didn't, doesn't bo- that.
1: that didn't bother me. Sometimes they do that in movies. They just go, you know, never mind. We're not going to mess with the makeup.
0: Uh,
1: I... And boy, Dad is a real peach, isn't he? Well, Ray not, Carter, I, hey, I, Ray I, 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 Cash.
0: I do want to call that out because Robert Patrick has gotten kind of a short shrift. Like, he showed up in T2, and we all thought he was wonderfully menacing, and, you know, that steely gaze. See what I did there? Steely gaze. In T2, uh-huh. And then yep, he yep. doesn't really get a lot. And in this, you know, I think he was in one other film, and he was not particularly good, and I wish I could remember what it was. But in this film, I thought he actually showed some real depth. There was a lot of restraint in his performance, and you could just see the disappointment he has for his son. And the sad thing is, it's not based on anything. It's just that he liked Jack better. Jack was the older son, and he decided... He was the favorite. And he just decided there was only enough love in his heart for one son, and that was it from the beginning. Um, And we see this continues on. It's like, yeah, you're a disappointment. You're a disappointment. You're a disappointment. And And that's
1: clearly a big part of what... We've we've mentioned this about some of the previous biopics. We get a little bit more about what makes up uh, Johnny Cash in this. We see that a lot of it is survivor's guilt and uh, the loss of his brother and how he still... He, I think, on some level, he agreed with his father. He said, it, "You know, he thought it was, should have been him, yeah, instead of Jack." And well, that's just that's just tragic to watch.
0: I was glad. So during the film, uh, well, we first when the accident happens and. Um, young Johnny is walking home with his fishing pole and a truck is coming towards him and has his dad with his brother's bloody clothes in it and he's like, where were you? And he grabs his son and they go off to the hospital just in time to see Jack die and I'm glad that at some point, at least in the film Johnny has the guts to say well, where were you? Implying that he was probably drunk in the field which is what he did yeah. sadly though all he can come back with is I gave up drinking a long time ago it's like oh I see and this excuses what you've done the, his mm. entire life but again I thought Robert Patrick it's a small part but I thought he was actually pretty good in this um, and I you know thought I don't know if it led to a lot more probably not but I wish it had um, mm. do we want to talk about the other performances while we're here since yeah, there, sure. are some.
1: <laughs> there are some there are quite a few uh,
0: uh, I, I'm going to start off actually with uh, Reese if you don't mind yeah sure She's fun. She is so she is. perky. Um, she talks about how she's like, well, I'm not as good a singer, so I'm just going to do comedy. She and he, I love the part they, early on where she got caught in uh, Cash's guitar strap and yeah. she's calling from offstage. They're like, hey, June, where are you? And she's like, don't worry about it. I can make this funny for two minutes. And yeah. she does.
1: Yep. And I know she improvs this. a whole bit off it about being stuck on his guitar strap. Yeah. Yes, but, he's a strapping young man and he's got a strapping guitar strap too. And we're just like, can she say that in the 50s i don't know if she can but she's funny
0: and she's obviously very capable although she doesn't think she's as capable as she is i could tell right away that it was definitely her singing and because she's sung in other things before she does great i
1: i, yeah. I bought it i think um, she's terrific she's she's this combination of strong and brittle yeah. and a woman who clearly doesn't value herself enough
0: yeah that's the until the end Um, when she keeps telling him no i thought she was terrific what did you think of joaquin
1: all right look joaquin phoenix is a really good actor i I have a great deal of respect for him i just had a little trouble was johnny cash supposed to be that scary because joaquin (laughs) phoenix always has this air of barely restrained insanity about him yeah like he's about to go off and I think I don't know if that's him or if that's just how he interprets every part he ever plays. Well, wasn't I, he the one
0: who who decided that for what is it, a year or two he was going to yeah. pretend to be homeless or something?
1: And homeless and crazy and grew a ridiculous ZZ top beard. Yeah, yeah, he's a he is an uh, he is either uh really likes playing with people or his elevator skipping a few floors on the way to the the penthouse.
0: And there, it's funny because there's some scenes where especially early on I don't really feel like he's quite in the character to me it's the scene in the diner they've they've gone on tour and he's now actually working with his child literally his childhood idol which was June Carter he used to listen yeah. to her on the radio as part of the Carter family
1: yeah. so yeah she she started singing when she was 10 years old
0: yeah and he used to listen to her and he's like I know who she is that's her I know her and he loved her her singing and he finally gets to meet her and there's a scene when they're on tour together and he approaches her in the diner and it's actually him being really awkward, and like, you know, do I talk to her, how do I talk to her, you know, uh, and that felt very real, but you're right, there are scenes, even up into Folsom, and he plays his guitar so strangely, he plays it like almost under his chin, which, to be fair, I think is how Johnny played. He
1: did, he did play it like that, he did all sorts of strange things with it, he was very physical with his guitar, the way Jimi Hendrix was.
0: But his eyes are bugging out, and it's like, Mm. like you said, it's like, is
1: Johnny going to grab a gun and start shooting people? There uh, is that, that sequence where he's playing. It's the song Stripes, and mm-hmm. they're on stage together, and he just starts staring at her. Yeah. And, it, by the way, they didn't tell Reese Witherspoon that's what he was going to do. That really uncomfortable reaction she gets, that's real. Okay. She didn't know, she didn't know what was going on. My, my note on him,
0: him was, uh, Joaquin seems uncomfortable in his own skin. Like he's just never settled in the part. Now the singing, I got to give him credit for. I think he did a great job on the singing. I mean, nobody is Johnny Cash. No. But he hits all the notes, and there is a Cashness about his performance. And hell, if he's playing the guitar too, you know, kudos for that. Um, what did you think?
1: Uh, I thought he has he does a, a nice job singing. I don't think he sounded like Johnny Cash very much. I, I guess, think, I mean, that was obviously a choice, and honestly, I think that's a good choice because it's really hard, if you try to sound just like the person, it's really easy to slip into parody.
0: You mean like the guy playing Elvis Presley? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, even he wasn't too bad, or the guy playing Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, that, was the other, that was kind of fun, like there's Roy Orbison, and there's Jerry Lee Lewis, and there's Carl Perkins.
0: And they're all like, on tour together. Could you imagine like, seeing that oh tour? Oh my
1: God! <laughs> and you know, a lot of these people are in there going, oh, I wonder who these idiots are.
0: Oh my God! They they don't even talk about Roy Orbison like he's barely there, which is he's too in bad one
1: of... shot. Yeah, he's in one shot, and he's doing one of uh, a Cash's songs. And but the reaction of the crowds—you watch all the girls screaming, yeah—and just losing their minds. Well, yeah, this was a, an unbelievable lineup, and this was all before they really hit their strides, any of them.
0: Yeah, Carl Perkins, I think, is probably the most forgotten member of yeah. that group, which is a shame because he was one of the biggest. Yep. Um, Presley, everybody knows who Elvis is. Um, and the funny thing is, I think I, what I like about it is because it's so earlier in the career, they're all just guys, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's none of that. Well, I'm Elvis. Oh, 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 oh. You know, he, they're just like, they're drinking beers and no, smoking like, cigarettes.
1: You, you, you want some chili fries? <laughs> <laughs> Which
0: <I love> <laughs> that was the, the parody part that I was like, this is okay. I mean, at least it's not a peanut butter and banana sandwich, but it's, you know, it's that didn't there.
1: come till later. Yeah.
0: Um, the guy playing Jerry Lewis is funny, although this is one section I'm like, he's sitting there going, we're all going to hail, We're all going to hail,"
1: And I'm like, wait, this from the guy who
0: marries his 13-year-old cousin? Yeah. Mm. Well, you got to
1: remember, he was the son of a preacher. He really, he grew up with all that Baptist fire and brimstone stuff. Yeah, apparently didn't Sit hold home. very well. Cause, Not uh, too well, but yeah. 13-year-old the- cousin. Cherry Lee Lewis was, was perhaps not the king of va- of sanity fair, shall we say?
0: I guess not. Um, but you know, the only uh, we're missing. Obviously, there was a lot of black performers who were equally as good, if not better, at the same time that we're not seeing because that's what happened, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, we we don't see any. We don't see um, Little Richard. We no. don't see. We don't see uh, Eddie James. We don't see sist- oh, what was there? Sister Ruth. I we don't
0: remember. see any of the blues performers. B.B. Yeah. King is still around. Is, is well, because around they
1: didn't one. tour with the white boys. No,
0: which is a shame. Um and there's a story I'm going to bring up a little bit later. But that tour alone, it's like, well, we're going to go to show tonight. There's some band called the Rolling Stones and there's some band <laughs> called the Beatles. But I guess somebody called the Who is opening. I don't know. It's probably going to be boring. But it's like I, it's it's one of those moments where it's like you just don't know what you're getting. And there's they show them and they're not playing like a stadium. They're playing like school gyms and stuff, which, yeah. you know, was still money. But it was like, oh, my God, the talent you're seeing, the literally the beginning of rock and roll. And it's like, oh, yeah, this happened. And I didn't <laughs> know Johnny Cash had anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. But he did. That's
1: a real he tour. Did. That's where he started out. He started yeah. out more in rock. Well, he started out trying to do spirituals, but as the, uh, what was his name, the uh, fellow who uh, signed him to the label? Sam Phillips. Sam Phillips says, I can't sell that kind of uh, spiritual people want something different. But what they wanted was uh, was rock and roll. And that was when, you know, that uh, Cash and his... his Band yeah. of uh, two guys who, as his wife points out, can barely play their instruments. Yeah. And that's when he says, Well, I got a couple of songs I wrote. And he plays him Folsom Prison Blues. Right. And the guy, you can see the look in his eyes, like, Ah, this <laughs> I can sell.
0: Well, and I loved what he said, too. He's like, I don't care about what you're singing. It's like, Do you believe it? Because I don't believe yeah. you're right. You're saying I don't believe in God. It's like, No, I don't believe that you believe the song you're singing yeah and that was right there was like no
1: no conviction
0: yeah no cash in it and even when he starts playing Folsom Bl- prison blues he's hesitant but when he gets into it it's like okay now i'm seeing something yeah and sam phillips that so here's a guy that we gloss over which is a dang shame although this movie isn't about him um, but he has a huge influence on what would be rock and roll. He's mm-hmm. kind of the guy. Without him, there kind of wouldn't be any. Because he started the careers of all of those people, plus Howlin' Wolf. He also, B.B. King recorded at Sun Records. Mm-hmm. All of these people would record at Sun Records, and Sun would actually sell to bigger um distributors but he'd also he owned three radio stations so he would get this stuff played it was not only just hey i'm gonna get other people to play it i'm going to play it on my radio stations but things that they 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 had to gloss over but it's too bad and i want to bring them in just because i think they're interesting um there's a story about his his fabled million dollar quartet As according to wikipedia phillips pivotal role in the early days of rock and roll is exemplified by a celebrated jam session on december 4th 1956 with what became known as the million dollar quartet jerry lee lewis was playing piano for carl perkins recording session at phillips studio when elvis presley walked in unexpectedly (laughs) johnny cash was called into the studio by phillips leading to an impromptu session featuring the four musicians which i don't think it was recorded which is a damn shame god but Phillips challenged the four to achieve gold record status, uh, offering a free Cadillac to the first. Uh, do you know <laughs> who won?
1: I'm going to go with Perkins.
0: You're correct. It was Carl yeah. Perkins. And this was commemorated by a song called Drive-By Truckers, or a oh. song by a band called Drive-By Truckers. Um, but Phillips was actually an advocate for black rights, and he was the first person to open an all-woman radio station, WHER, in 1955. Whoa. Whoa. He also passed away a month before Johnny Cash did, so there's like they were kind of connected. Uh, interestingly, he sold his stake in um, Elvis Presley for, at the time, a very large sum of cash, which he then turned into uh, a an investment in Holiday Inn, a new and upcoming oh. thing, made way more money than he would have <laughs> off Presley and did just fine. <laughs> wow. But it's Good like, you know, we we gloss through time, but we also gloss through, understandably in some cases, some really interesting parts. Like, we never see that kind of thing in this film, um, which is kind of too bad. But it's, like you said, it's supposed to be about Cash and Carter.
1: But it is fun to see who else sort of shows up peripherally. We don't see him, but Bob Dylan is involved in this. It really threw me. I never thought uh, I'd see... I didn't know they did this, you know, uh... We have Johnny and June Carter singing It Ain't Me You're Looking For, It Ain't Me, Babe. The Dylan song that allegedly Dylan wrote for Cash on the back of a barf bag on a plane. (laughs) Yeah. That was the only paper he had. I had no
0: thought of a connection between Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan either. Me neither. Like, I always, like, keep Johnny Cash in country, strictly in country, which isn't fair because as this film oh. points out, no, he was right there in the beginning of rock and roll. Yeah, his is a more country
1: version of it, but... But he, he did co- he did all of it. He did country, he did rockabilly, he did rock and roll, he did folk. He he <laughs> was very hard to pin down.
0: Wait, I'm sorry. I It Ain't Me, Babe, that was a song written by Bob Dylan for... Yes, it to, was. Because the only version I know of that song that I've ever oh, heard no, was by Sebastian one. Cabin. <laughs> and,
1: Leave at your own chosen speed. Oh, no, it
0: ain't me, Bib. Oh, no, it ain't me. Another one of those. <laughs> it's, yeah, go uh, ahead and look it up, folks. Sebastian Cabot yeah. sings Bob Dylan because, yeah, he has a whole album. It's, it's, and if you don't know who Sebastian Cabot is, well, just consider yourself lucky.
1: Um, hey, hey, he was good at what he did. He was great as Big Ear of the Family. Anyway.
0: Mr. Uh, France.
1: And, and even there's just a little throwaway at one point where after, uh, Johnny's thrown out of his house or leaves his house because his wife, Vivian, his first wife, has quite understandably had kind of enough. Yeah. Uh, where is he? He's crashing in this apartment with Waylon Jennings.
0: <laughs> I love how he just says Waylon and it's like, is that Waylon Jennings? Jell- like you automatically yeah. like, to know who it is. But
1: Yeah, you know who that was playing him? That was Waylon Jennings' son, Shooter Jennings.
0: Shooter Jennings. Jennings. Shooter
1: Jennings. Yeah, thanks, I s- Dad. Okay. Nice name.
0: I, are you kidding? He probably loved it. I mean, that's probably a, th- did. That's a name you want as a kid anyway.
1: But Sure.
0: Uh, I, You know, it's funny that they said that they didn't like the way their mother was portrayed because I thought her totally sympathetic character. Mm. I was like, she did everything she was supposed to do. She, did, she was in love with him. And uh, when she said what she wanted is like, I don't want the house. I don't want all the
1: trappings. I want you. I want my husband. I want you to be around. I want you to... Help me with normal things. But she clearly also just didn't get him. She didn't get what he was, and she didn't get what he could do.
0: Well, my feeling was, that, and this is the way the film's portraying it, is that yeah. once he actually meets June Carter, he doesn't even try. Like yeah. It's sort of like, yeah, I'm married, but that's what I want. And his his affection isn't really aimed at her. Or the kids at all now it's nice to hear that he actually spent time with his kids because he certainly doesn't in the film yeah um i couldn't even name any of them uh, samantha susan becky no, no. One, i don't know uh
1: one was roseanne oh that's uh, right he does
0: mention the name roseanne yep yep yeah because there's one point where he's talking to her over the phone um but yeah there's there's yeah that's kind of too bad that they they said that there wasn't there were there was lots of him with the kids but we don't see it in yeah. the film but that yeah, happens and- a lot
1: and the drug problems those were real he was very he was seriously addicted to uh, both amphetamines and barbiturates uh. which is very common with touring musicians or touring actors because you know sometimes you're you're too exhausted to perform you take the amphetamines to get up then you can't sleep or you can't relax so you take the barbiturates to calm down
0: yeah uh, is it the the literal uppers and downers is that what that is
1: pretty much i mean mm-hmm. The only, I'm not sure what, what he was taking a lot of the time. There's one shot on the desk where we see these pills that I am pretty sure were black beauties, which are amphetamines.
0: Okay. Uh, I love it how he blames it on Elvis Presley. Well, Elvis takes him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that is a great role model.
0: Yeah, well, you know, he would uh, die in the toilet. But <clears throat> <Yeah. clears throat> anyway,
1: yeah.
0: um, I want to talk a little bit about Johnny's career, or at least the career that we see in the film. Um
1: How good a feel do you get of Johnny's career? Not terribly. I'm not, I mean, we assume he's successful because he keeps buying bigger houses. Right. But we don't know if he stayed with the same, we don't see if he stayed with the same label. We don't see really, most of the venues we see him playing are pretty much the same size. He's not doing stadium shows
0: until it gets to Vegas, I think that's oh, what that's yeah, supposed to ve- be, the Johnny yeah. Cash show, I think. yeah, Because there's sort of a shot of Vegas, and then there's a stage, and I, I think it's Vegas. It doesn't actually have the big Vegas sign. But, of course, but it, it's the 50s or early 60s. Vegas wasn't really
1: Vegas yet, not like it is today. But except for his song, what is it, Cry, 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 we never hear how his albums are selling. No. Or how successful he is on the radio. We, do, we get an idea just because we see those sacks of fan mail... I think we get some idea. I it was a little unclear, but honestly, I don't think that's what the emphasis is. The emphasis, the story, isn't so much about the rise of Johnny Cash. I think it is about his relationship with June Carter, and well, that I think they handle really well. I mean, it's in some ways it's such a mute, it's such a destructive thing, and he, you you can see he does. That part of part of me is watching this, going June, run. <laughs> get,
0: well. I, Especially if he's like Joaquin Phoenix, because, you know, the axe is coming out at some point. That's just how it feels. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Or the, you know, the machine gun or the million bubble machine, whatever he chooses (laughs) to use for his reign of terror.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I honestly don't know if that's what he was, what Cash was like. But Joaquin Phoenix always has, at least he plays him in this, a little like the Emperor Commodus in Gladiator with this barely restrained. There's something really bad waiting to get out of him. And we don't really see much of it. Most of it's turned inward. It's mostly destructive to him. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's sometimes hard to empathize with him because it's hard to empathize with someone you're scared of.
0: And that's the thing is I can understand being hard. it being hard to empathize with him because it's like dude, your drug problem's ridiculous, and wow, you're a womanizer, and oh, you're sleeping with fans too while you're on the road. Before you even get to June Carter, you're going off with with Bobby Soxers and stuff. Um, And that's fine, because I don't mind them not glossing over those parts of the person. But yeah, the scary part, I don't know if... I mean, if I was going down a dark alley and at the end of it, there was Johnny Cash in silhouette, the real Johnny Cash, I'm sure I'd be afraid, because he's the man in black, he's tall and he's gaunt and... You know, that's one thing, but I never actually, all the performances I saw Johnny Cash in, I never thought he was going to pull out a gun or an axe mm. uh, or a wiffle bat or something. Or beat
1: me to death with a, with his guitar.
0: Yeah. And there is, and also, the you know, there's that, that phrase, the camera loves so-and-so. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's the director, because I don't think the camera really loves Joaquin so much. But it huh. pulls in real close a lot. Like, we're counting beard hairs. And it's like you could maybe help his performance out if you weren't quite so close. Um, it was a, it was an odd thing. It's not I'm not saying that he's a handsome or an ugly guy or anything, but like the expressions you're talking about where it's like, that ah! <laughs> often we're real close to Johnny. So.
1: Yeah, the, the, it really does emphasize the intensity. And again, for some parts, I think that works. Maybe it was try- maybe it worked here. I'm not sure. Yeah. I just always found whenever I saw Johnny Cash interviewed or I would see him on a show, he came across as a lot more likable. Yeah. And a lot less scary, a lot less intimidating. Although I do like the fact that he quotes Foghorn Leghorn in the movie. (laughs) That was cute. Fortunately, I keep my feathers numbered for just such an occurrence.
0: (laughs) Uh, We're getting dangerously close anyway. Why don't we look at our little questions, if you don't mind. Um, Sure. So what do we know... Or what do we think we know
1: about Johnny and June from this movie? I think we learn quite a lot. I think uh, we get a real idea of their relationship and we can see I can understand uh the appeal for both of them. I really can obviously she she sees him as wounded and wants to help and she's a she's adorable and she why is. would why wouldn't he be in love with her? Why isn't everyone in love with her <laughs> and uh th- I, I I'm sorry there's just a little there's this one shot I love. When he's, com- he's getting clean and June is staying with him and his whole- her whole family is there and his drug dealer shows up and Ma and Park Carter <laughs> run out <laughs> with shotguns and chase the guy away. Yeah. And the guy is rightly terrified and I am just like, I want to know more about Ma and Park Carter. I like these people.
0: <laughs> the thing that kills me is that the guy shows up and it's like, This, it's almost a duffel bag of drugs. (laughs) It's not like a small box. It's not like, you know, a tasteful cigarette package size thing. It is literally this big, plastic bag tied up with a little twist tie full and we see this because he gets one shipment for, uh, earlier in the film yeah. you know and, and he's like and he dumps it on the table and it's just like it's like that Pat Oswalt book yeah just back the pickup truck and we'll give old people
1: out <laughs> whenever drugs they want beep uh, beep beep They do, I do like that they don't gloss over that either they don't shy away from no. how terrible the drug use was and what he would do to get them and what, it, what he was like when he couldn't have them
0: yeah um, I, I agree. I think we learn about the personalities. Yeah. But very much like some of the films we talked about, we don't learn a lot of facts. Like the time in this film, it's like there are points where I'm like, when are we? There's actually one point where they said, um, and a, a year, one year later, one year later than what?
1: We don't even. Sometimes have any... we get a year, but yeah, random. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, it is a little off-putting. It's hard to tell the chronology. I do like, oh, by the way, when he proposes to her on stage. Okay. That's that's exactly what happened. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. 1968, he proposed to her on stage while they're trying to sing Jackson. And uh, he wouldn't let her off with until she agreed to marry him, which I have to admit, I'm a little uncomfortable with that sequence. Especially because
0: he's like, yeah, you want to marry me? Ah! <laughs> it's like, that's where yes, Nicolas Cage loom- could have taken over. Now,
1: the only part of, is she is so clearly not intimidated by him. and Which is uh, amusing, because um, Reese Witherspoon is, shall we say, not a large woman. She is. <laughs> she is, she is she's a tiny, delicate-looking creature, but she is you get she is tough as nails you can tell and she is not afraid of him she is not intimidated by him i really like that that was the only thing that keeps that whole sequence from being really awful is that you get the feeling she is not being bullied at all she isn't she isn't uh, uh, overwhelmed
0: i see i didn't feel she was I didn't think she was feeling the pressure from him because she showed she could handle it, but I felt she was being pressured by the crowd.
1: That's the sort of, it's the same sort of thing when you have people who like propose on the jumbotron or have a skywriting. I think unless, I mean, unless the person, unless you know, they're going to say yes, unless you've discussed it, that's an awful thing to do to someone.
0: And that's uh, why I don't like it because he felt to me like he was using the audience on purpose. Like it I doesn't- think the,
1: I, the idea he was trying to convey was that it was only the two of them up there. That's why he was so close to her. That's why he's putting his face down near hers. He doesn't want her to think about the crowd. But they're there. There's no way that they can't be there. There's no. They know that they must feel the presence. That's a bit much. I had an experience. I was actually part of something like that once, and it was agonizing. Ah. Uh, yeah.
0: Did she say yes?
1: No. Oh. Yeah. Basically... The short version is I was in Harvard Square. This guy came by and asked all of the people in Holyoke Center. He handed out lyric sheets for Build Me Up Buttercup. And he was going to ask his girlfriend to marry him. And he got us all to sing. It was sort of an early flash mob. And I don't know exactly what she said, but she turned around and ran away. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, um, uh, yeah. hey, male listeners, uh, yeah. single male listeners, here's a hint. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if you're going to do one of those big public proposals, make sure you've talked about it before. Make sure you know you're on the same page. Don't think that this will change your mind. I'd say just don't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: or girls, if you're thinking of asking a guy, just why make the public part of that? It's, yeah. like, it's nice that you want to express your love and, and stuff, but just take a take a word from Johnny Cash, don't.
1: <laughs> the, the only version... I did like of that was a couple of friends of mine, they had already talked about getting married and they were on the same page and they were flying home on a plane and the guy slipped and got a note to the pilot and the pilot came on the intercom saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Captain speaking, I've been asked to uh, check if the passenger in seat 41A will marry the passenger in seat 41B. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so romantic
1: I thought that was cute <laughs> and fortunately she liked it So
0: now the only reason I could see to do it is that like Mac, Max just said if you're all both on the same page and you're like well let's see if we can get some freebies out of it and like just do a few <laughs> of them right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, let's, let's, let's be, uh, let's go viral. We'll do, you know, something for, uh, Instagram and then let's go do this (laughs) restaurant. Maybe we can some free desserts. I'm sure
1: people are already doing this. I'm sure people do stunt proposals that they've already scripted and choreographed. But it was our idea. On both sides. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we should get some of that uh, Instagram money. Yeah.
0: That sweet, sweet Instagram cash. Uh, But uh, uh, we, we
1: are getting a bit far afield.
0: In your what are the other, yeah. yeah yeah the other questions in your research how accurate do you think the depiction was?
1: That's that's really tricky because so much of this, as you say, it's not about the facts in the movie; it's about the behaviors and the feelings. Yeah. And according to a lot of the kids, they got a bunch of stuff wrong. According to a lot of other people, including Cash, who read the screenplay and June Carter, June Carter Cash, they were pretty on target on a lot of this stuff.
0: And that's the thing is like whenever you talk to family, family is always protective, unless they hated the person, yeah. but they're usually very protective and they're like, I don't want to like, I, I think there probably is some historical glossing over of what actually happened. Uh, I got to say, if, if Cash and Carter were all like, yeah, we're fine with this, I'm going to have to say it's probably fairly accurate, even if mm. a few things were out of place, because that's that's always mm.
1: done. And there um, is some question like the whole of who wrote Ring of Fire. The implication is that uh, that Carter Cash wrote it. Mm, there's some people who question that.
0: Now, see, I thought that was done as an ad for Preparation H. <laughs> <laughs> Are
1: you telling me it's not true? Uh, it is It is not true. Uh, I no, sat I down on a burning <laughs> ring of fire. <laughs> My butt felt like a burning ring of fire. Yeah, I don't see? think so. It's perfect. Preparation H, you're missing out. <laughs> I bet um, you could so, get the rights for from the estate.
0: I'm sure they're ripe for the picking. Oh, yeah. uh, do we feel we get to know the subject in this case, uh, Carter? And I know it's walk the line. It's about. It's really about both of them. Yeah, it is. Um, so, do we get to know them better after having watched this?
1: I think so. I think this is one of the uh, first of the biopics we've seen where we really do get to know them. Yeah, where we get an idea both the good and the bad. I mean, yeah, you know, Carter's no angel. She was. You know, she went through what two, three husbands. She.
0: But I get the impression in that case it was more cases that she just wasn't willing to stand up for herself, and she may have chosen somebody because she, they loved her, and she had a problem with that because she always thought she wasn't good enough. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And but she, well, I, mean, cause I she seems
0: she seemed great. I don't know. She seems like
1: a really nice person. Yeah. yeah. And apparent and that's the other thing I saw that a lot of people do agree with the movie is that everybody loved her. Hmm. Well, except for, you know, the people who were upset at her ever getting divorced, because that's uh, a sin.
0: Yeah, because I bet that lady never did anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so, uh, yeah, that's our, that's our three questions. Um, <clears throat> any other notes you got before we uh, get to the final wrap-up? I have no idea well, what I, that
1: was. <laughs> I, do, I don't either. Where did that come from? I don't uh, know, but I might <laughs>
0: keep doing it. <laughs> it's obvious uh, I say, I say.
1: <laughs> uh, I do really like the Folsom uh, prison sequence. I think mm-hmm. that really, I, I have no idea what it was actually like, but that really, if you've ever listened to that album, and I have, the perform it's amazing, and the crowd, oh my god, they love him. Well, think about it.
0: Like, how often does that happen? Like, do you I mean, think I'll, prisons get shows that come through?
1: They get, they do, they get some, but they don't. They, I don't think they got a lot of people like Johnny Cash. Yeah. And just all those people, I, I, that's, those, uh, by the way, a lot of those letters were real letters from inmates writing to Johnny Cash saying, your music really, re, really touches me. It really makes me feel better because you're writing about, you know, committing crimes and getting caught and going to jail, even though, you know, he, as he said, he'd never done hard time. No. But he'd been in jail. At one time, uh, he was arrested, and basically what he got was a stern talking to from the sheriff.
0: Ah. Uh, was that but, the scene that we see in the movie?
1: No, no. it's a, It was a, yet another time he was arrested for possession. Hmm. He got arrested a bunch of times.
0: I mean, I gotta say, so there's a scene where he goes down to Mexico to get his prescriptions filled. Yeah. And he comes back, and there's three um, marshals waiting for yep. him. And I don't know about you but the first thing I thought was don't bother with the luggage go right for the guitar that's yep. where it is and sure and yep. the thing is that again they pull out three gunny sacks of yeah. drugs <laughs> Oh my god
1: well, I yeah. did like what they say to they say you want to take the strings off or are we going to have to break it
0: Yeah cuz come on yep. Johnny show some think of something I mean yeah. put hide them amongst in your pocket anything but everyone yeah, knows about the guitar
1: <laughs> like, huh? Oh, you've got a huge musical instrument there. No, there couldn't be anything hidden in there. Yeah. He's like, why couldn't I have played the harmonica? Yeah. <laughs> um. No, that, that's that's pretty much all I've got.
0: Yeah. So why don't we uh, why don't we get to the
1: the roundup?
0: The roundup. Well, here we are at the roundup. That was a Yeehaw. big break. So uh, Max, hmm. uh, we talked about the performances, which we generally liked, yep. except for the scary. Serial killer aspect of Johnny Cash's <laughs> nature we were not previously aware of.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we
0: talked about the the general uh, overall feeling of of Johnny Cash and June Carter that we think we learn in this film, and them not shying away from the drugs, the drinking, and the um, womanizing. yeah uh, What did you think of the film as a whole?
1: Uh, I like it. I think it's a little choppy. I, I do think the, the the timeline is a little unsettling sometimes. The way we jump, and it's not consistent. But I liked it. I think it. Uh, you know, it's over. It's two hours, sixteen minutes, and I think it doesn't feel like that. I think the pacing is really good. Uh, I love the music. I just love the music we get to hear in it. You now, if you don't like the early rock and roll, if you don't like early Johnny Cash, you're, you're really not going to enjoy this. But if you don't like that music, what's wrong with you?
0: <laughs> now, now, S-
1: sorry, sorry. Uh, I I like it. I don't think it's fun. But it's not supposed to be fun.
0: It's a lot more uh, fun than uh, Benny and June last week. I mean, I'm Benny sorry, Sid and Nancy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, same they're, thing. they basically June. the
0: same movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a lot, lot less painful to watch. Uh, I like it. I, th- I think it's, it's uh, very good. I'm not surprised it did not win the Oscar. I don't think it was the film itself. I do think the performances were Oscar worthy. I think it was, there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. What about you?
0: My first note is that it feels Hollywood right from the start, and I think it does. It just feels very Hollywood. The parts that I like are in general the performances. Joaquin, I'm I'm back and forth on because there's parts where I think he feels like Johnny Cash, but again, like you say, there's other times where he feels more like Anthony Perkins, hmm. uh, and it's it is a weird like that. Like you said. Uh, seeing him with Miss Piggy on the Muppet show, seeing him on Columbo. <laughs> uh, he just, he feels a lot more laid back and a lot less uptight. And I know he's acting, but let's face it, Johnny Cash was not an actor. Mm. Um, and I think in general, like he, he doesn't actually play Johnny Cash on Columbo, but he plays Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not that character, but it really is. Um, the time thing is just bizarre because you really don't know when you are and you're having to look at background stuff and it's like, well, I think we're still in the 50s. Up and up at 61, okay. And it's almost like they're telling you it doesn't matter. And the problem with that is that we have absolutely no sense of his career at all, except the house. We look, Oh, he has a big house. And they, oh, he has a $25,000 check. I guess he's doing well, right? Mm. But we don't, how many albums does he put out? Do we see like people enjoying his music? And that was the one thing that really surprised me. We learn a lot about how he feels about June Carter. We learn nothing about how much music plays a part in his life. In the earliest part of the film, we see him as a kid listening to the radio and being told to go to bed. Oh, I just love listening to that June Carter. Oh, and I learned music from the hymnal like my mom did. But we don't see, like, is music essential to Johnny Cash? Or is it just something he does? And I like I don't think that that's true. I think that they're, that Johnny's connection to music was a lot stronger, but like we see him write one song, and even that feels a little Hollywood hmm. um, so I think I found the movie a little bit more uneven than you did, okay um good performances they didn't shy away from the drug use and the womanizing, which is I think good because let's be honest, uh, we wouldn't have believed it if he didn't,
1: yeah,
0: um, but not overall very mixed, so
1: okay, um that's fair.
0: So how about business? We have business. Yeah, don't we? we
1: have business. As we said, our um, poll question is: What movie would you like to see remade? And you can answer this either by going to our website, maxmikemovies.com, where you can see all of our previous episodes and uh, leave a comment with your uh, with your answer, or you can email us at us at maxmikemovies.com. You can find us on the social mediating's on Facebook or Twitter under MaxMikeMovies. You can find us on the podcast app of your choice. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us in your hearts. <laughs> you can find us in that shadow right behind you. <laughs> ah, our, Phoenix! Our, feeling our breath on the back of your neck. <laughs> <laughs> you, will, you will always find us, and we will always find you. <laughs> you have
0: just made sure that no one will ever listen to our show again.
1: You mean they listen now?
0: Some people do. We got answers.
1: <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So yeah, so, answer our whole uh, question. What and uh, speaking speaking of answers, answer me this, Cape Crusader. <laughs> what uh, what is uh, what movie will be will we be enjoying next week?
0: I am the lizard king.
1: That okay, my, so we're gonna be watching Highlander. <laughs> I mean the, we the, already the, the, did the BLV second went. one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that That was my perfect and uh, amazing impersonation of Jim Morrison, uh, ah. you know, the uh, lead singer of The Doors. We're going to be seeing ah. The Doors, where I am the Lizard King, Cuckoo <laughs> <laughs> I might be mixing some metaphors in there. I, but, I, th- but, I
1: think you might, but...
0: Uh, so, you want to hear us mix metaphors. <laughs>
1: yeah, another movie about another musical icon of yeah. a very different kind.
0: Very, although I think there's drugs in it.
1: Oh, don't be silly. Jim Morrison taking drugs? What is wrong with you?
0: Does Jim Morrison take drugs? Tune in next week and find (laughs) out.
1: This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.